1: From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. You might not have known this, but now you will. Providing a seamless mortgage experience when you want to see your loan options, adjust payments, and closing costs online in real time, folks. Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. Coming up in less than twenty minutes. Well, probably about twenty minutes, maybe just over. Four years later, some of you just don't get it. I'm looking online yesterday and I went, oh, eh, my God, you don't get it. You just don't get it. There's an argument. Oh, there's an argument. But about this issue, you don't get it. And I'm afraid since it's been four years, you never will. 855 212 cbs also 1240 p.m. Eastern, 940 a.m. Pacific, John Clayton. John freaking Clayton, baby, he will join us. Seven ten ESPN in Seattle. Schooled with the Professor podcast. We'll be talking to him about what he thinks is going to happen during the NFL season and throughout the next two hours. I, and it's a, it is a cheap, cheap plug. I get it. But what I like to do is I like to record it, and then when I record it, then we can play it right before the Super Bowl, and that'll be fun, and all that's great, and and there we go, and that's fantastic. So what we're going to do is we will take your predictions for who wins it in this coming Super Bowl. We record them. We put them in the file. After they're put in the file, then as we get ready for the Super Bowl, we, re- we replay them and see who's an idiot, who's smart, who looks good, who should never call again, that type of thing. It, it, we will do that. Before this Super Bowl, I like to do it every year. It's usually a pretty good pr- crowd pleaser. And, of course, I will do that for every single team, and I'll do it for myself as well because I, I have to, and I've already, I've already stayed in my presence right now. I've announced my presence with authority. I say that I, I look at Kansas City, and there are so many things that people love. John McClain, I couldn't believe he agreed with me on this. There are so many things that people love about Kansas City. People can't stop saying great things about Kansas City. They just love Kansas City. Let me powder Kansas City's ass a little bit further, shall we? It is all love for Kansas City, and they didn't skip a beat. They were fantastic. They can't be stopped. This is going to be Dynasty City. Maybe Chris Jones is right. Maybe they're going to win five in a row. Maybe they're going to actually do what LeBron said that they were going to do down in Miami. This whole thing. where. I hate overusing the term adversity, but where is it? Baltimore is coming for the crown. Baltimore has adversity. They have an MVP quarterback. They have a great head coach, and they are 0-2 in the playoffs with those guys. They lost to inferior teams. Hell, last year was a downright embarrassment in Baltimore last season. I don't care who disagrees with me. You have that type of atmosphere at home. You got basically a coronation right there for your team that, well, off we go. This is our run to the Super Bowl now. We, nobody takes nobody at all. They went four and four the final part of the season, the second half of the season. Nobody takes anything New England does seriously. So T- Tennessee can't be that big of a threat. And they went out there and they ran you down right there in your own stadium. And in that day – Derrick Henry effectively ended Earl Thomas's career. The, the, the final memory of Earl Thomas, that and him giving the finger to the sideline in Seattle. They have a chip on their shoulder. They're coming for it. They have people doubting them. The Buffalo Bills, well, is Josh Allen really that good yet? Well, is Sean McDermott really that good yet, or is it Buffalo? There is a natural disagreement with those teams. All these teams we talk about and I'm sure it bothers Hickey to no end, Indianapolis has some talent. Indianapolis has a veteran quarterback. I'm not sure how they can go how long they can go with that veteran quarterback. I don't take them to get to a Super Bowl, but I, I like a lot of these teams and I think that gosh, when I mentioned Baltimore and Pittsburgh and I just mentioned Indianapolis and Buffalo, I, I think these are teams that you're going to have hell to pay coming up in the postseason. I do believe Kansas City will roll right through the regular season. I also don't believe that Houston is going to be as bad in week 17 as they were in week one. So I know we like to overreact. That's what we do. We love to heap praise on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. 'Cause it all looks perfect. And I keep getting told that they have eighteen of twenty two starters coming back, and I go, This is not college football. These are the pros. It's hard to put that confetti back in the cannon. So for that, I am not picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. It's difficult. John McClain was with me earlier. He agreed from the Houston Chronicle. Will you? eight five five two one two four CBS. But because I want to be on the record with everything. Hickey, do you have the recording device correct? Do you have it ready? It is ready and rolling. All right. What I'm about to do, let the chips fall where they may, and it might end up being a real embarrassment. And if it's that big of an embarrassment, you're not going to hear it before the Super Bowl because I'm not going to make myself look bad. I'm kidding. We will play it and we'll laugh at me and say how stupid I am because this is a hard season to forecast. This really is. That's why I think so many people just still likes, likes Kansas City because we haven't seen a whole lot of these other teams. We haven't seen barely any of it. It's all been behind a great big curtain like the Wizard of Oz. We don't know. No preseason, no preseason games, no no joint practices, nothing. You haven't been able to hit these quarterbacks all preseason, so I'm gonna try to forecast it. We do the AFC now, we do the NFC coming up at one p.m. Eastern, ten a.m. Pacific. Hickey, hit the music. It's time to call our shot. Hickey, you are able to jump in at any time you wish. Okay. Wow, thank you, Ken. All right, I I give you. You're a good man and you're thorough. I give you full autonomy if you want to jump in on any of these. We start off in the AFC East, where I see Buffalo, and I think they win their division championship, their first division championship since 1989. I'm still not sold on Josh Allen. By the way, that's the one you want to record right there. You get get what I'm saying, Hickey? Oh, That's I hear the way you. This rolls. Yeah. I hear you. Everything else is just it, it in the mix, but you want to get that one good one to play back. So, in case they go 4 and 12, then I look like an idiot. I think Buffalo goes to the division championship their first one since I believe 1989. I'm still not sold on Allen, but I don't want to bet against him. I can't say I'm I'm 100% in on Josh Allen, but you know, I'm I'm just not 100% against – I can't bet against the kid. I think that Sean McDermott's a good coach. I've, I've told you that, and I think that kid has some talent. But I saw him in a couple of games last year, and, yeah, I, I've made this mention before. He, he looks – he it, at times he looked like a drunk trying to pee in the snow when he was out there throwing. But I think that if he's continuing to work on his craft, which he should have, I, I think that the sky – the sky's the limit. The sky really can be the limit for him. I'm going to bet on Josh Allen here. I'm going to say that they are the division champions in Buffalo, the first since 1989. In Miami, they take steps forward to a place sooner than later. Fitz always wears out his welcome. He always does. He's played for multiple teams. Usually the shine comes off in, in, in one year or the next. I think what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done to put together his career has been amazing. I think Tua will play. They will take steps forward. I don't believe they were 5-11 last year. Brian Flores is the right coach for that team. I think they have a great outlook on this thing. I just don't think this is the year they take that big, big leap. I think next year might be that year. Tua's showed great leadership. I'm, I'm excited about the Dolphins' future. I'm excited about Brian Flores' future with them. New England. Everybody's down on Bill Belichick. We're wondering whether or not Cam Newton is hurt whether or not he can stay healthy throughout an entire season. Belichick's worth four wins at least in his own right. You look at the division as well, because remember, you have to play these teams six times. They'll sweep the Jets. They'll lose down in Miami, because they always do, and they'll split with Buffalo. They're going to be 4-2 in this division. That's four wins right there. You're telling me Bill Belichick and Cam Newton can't scrape together four more wins to go 8-8? I they might be a wild card. I do not think they're going to be as bad as what some people say. They think it's going to be the worst season they've had since 2000, 2000 which, gosh, considering they have only might win single-digit games, maybe it will be. I don't think you can just rest on your laurels and say that. It's not going to be the typical Patriot year. This might be a decent season for Cam Newton, and though there's no such thing as tanking. I think they're an 8-8 eight eight football team this year because Belichick is going to show he's that much worth it. The Jets... Adam Gase is the only coach I think who could be fired before the end of the year. I believe that Sam Darnold is going to be in a quarterback competition in 2021. Am I down enough on the Jets there, Hickey, or should I go even further? You, what do you want me to do? I mean, I can get real nasty towards the Jets. I think we can let, you know, a sleeping dog lie in the sense that, yes, I think it's very easy to beat him down. I'm with you. Maybe we'll just be kind because I think Jets fans and the Jets will have a lot of punishment for another 17 weeks. I mean, I've been basically foghorn leghorn with the dog. I've been whooping that dog's ass every single week I could about the New York Jets. I'm just down on him. I'm down on Adam Gase. I'm down on whatever this plan is. I'm down on trading Jamal Adams because, well, they got picks and Jamal Adams doesn't want to be there. Great, you give away Jamal Adams and you got your picks. Maybe you can use that for your next quarterback that you're going to draft because you need good safety play for your quarterback that you already have right now. But who the hell am I? I only just talk about this for a living, so maybe I'm wrong about it. We go to the AFC North. Cincinnati's going to be 5-11. and 11. Burrow, I think he's going to be strong to start out coming up tomorrow. I think he'll be a little bit average. A little bit later on. I worry about his future in the in the first season here. I don't know why they just had to give away Andy Dalton. They're not a competitive football team, so I can't really make the Alex Smith, Kansas City comparison with Patrick Mahomes. Just because a guy's taken number one overall, he doesn't have to play. Folks, there is a difference between the best quarterback on your roster and the most ready-to-play quarterback on your roster. And I'm going to go out there. He has not been hit since the national championship game. Okay, welcome to the Big Boys Club coming up tomorrow. I hope that it works out for Joe Burrow. great kid already has raised a ton of money for charity, does a lot of good things. He might end up being a good role model and I hope very well I hope very good things for Joe Burrow, but I am seriously startled and scared that they have him and then i they have a depth chart. I can't even name the other two quarterbacks. Cock the gun and put it into my head, Hickey. I can't even name the other two quarterbacks. I think they're five and eleven. I think that he gets better, but I think that it's an average finish, and they'll continue to put that thing together. I want to see what Jonah Williams does uh, uh, now being healthy and being able to play across the offensive line. I want to see what A.J. Green does coming back from injury. There's a there's a lot there that, that Cincinnati, even though I think they're a five-win team because someone's got to lose those games in that division, I think that there's something you can sink your teeth into as a Cincinnati fan for 2021 and 2022 and beyond. Pittsburgh... I want to bet against Ben Roethlisberger. I can't bet against Ben Roethlisberger. I love Mike Tomlin. I do not love the injuries on that offensive line. I think it's a little bit up and down, to say the least. And James Conner is not somebody I'm infatuated with. I do think they'll have to run the ball, and they should run the ball. Juju Smith-Schuster will be better because he has a better quarterback and not Mason Rudolph or a guy named Duck throwing to him. I think they're 10-6 or better this season. The Baltimore Ravens, Everybody's saying they can win 16 in a row. Or at least a lot of people are. Offensive line's a question mark. You lose Marshall Yonda, who's a future Hall of Famer, you're gonna lose a lot. I don't think Lamar. I don't think Lamar will be as good, but he's still gonna be good. It's another year. I think they will try to test out the the waters a little bit throwing the football. I heard from 1057 the fan that by week 8 they will be thinking about Antonio Brown. You know how I feel about that. You already got rid of one guy who was a cancer for you. I don't know why you would just expose yourself to another one. I think that reeks of desperation. That's not what the Baltimore Ravens are. They're not a desperate franchise. I don't want them to do it. I don't think they'll do it. They're going to win. They're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to win a game in the playoffs. They're going to win the division. They're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to win in the playoffs. How far they go, I can't tell you. Cleveland, they're going to run the ball. Nick Chubb is going to be a top three running back again. Baker's going to be better. He's going to get a year four. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire. My goals for Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns give me 33 to 3,700 yards, Give me 20-something touchdowns somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 to 27, if you can, and lower those interceptions down to single digits. You do that, there's only a couple of teams in the NFL that have two good running backs, two good wide receivers, two pretty good tight ends, and a quarterback that in his first year when he was taken care of with actual professional football coaches looked pretty good. Last year, I say the same thing about quarterbacks as I say about kids. If my wife and I... We have three boys. If my wife and I have great big public screaming matches in front of each other and embarrass our sons and don't know how to take care of our personal business and we leak that into our children, our children are not going to be as well-equipped as they should be to go off into life. There's things that they need to know about, but they're not going to be as quick. The same thing happened between Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin last year. Yet Todd Munkin walking up and down the field before and pregame, talking trash about Freddie Kitchens, probably usurping some of the things that went on with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, while brash and cocky and arrogant and sometimes a total jackass, still has a lot of talent and is a very emotional person. That's where the jackassery comes into it. You have to be a calming influence for them, and that's why they went with Kevin Stefanski because he's cerebral. He will go by the numbers. They'll be in a better position. I think that this is a team that has too much talent to go under 500. I think they're nine and seven. That's why I pick Cincinnati. Someone's got to lose those games in that division. That's why I pick Cincinnati to go five and eleven. Tennessee in the AFC South, eight and eight. I don't think fans are going to love Tannehill anymore. How about that, Hickey? A little bit of a surprise, huh? Four years in a row, nine and seven. I think Mike Vrabel's a hell of a coach. Nothing against him. I've I've doubted him before, and I was well God, was I wrong. I think the shine comes off at Tannehill a little bit. I worry about a team that's that's so deep on the run. You gotta put the ball in the air a couple times. I don't know if they're gonna be able to do that. I think they're 8-8, eight and eight and the shine comes off a little bit on a couple of those characters there. Jacksonville, Marones, I think, going to finish the year. I think they're going to have less than three wins, and I think that Gardner Minshew should just go out there and enjoy every single second he possibly can. I think he's going to probably get killed in that backfield, and I fear for him, but I think he should try to enjoy every bit he can, and I love that he's trying to do commercials, and I love that he's trying to enjoy it because – they're they're going to go in another direction. This kid ought to live it up and see if he can show everybody if he can actually play the position. Indianapolis, I think they're under the radar. I think they're a playoff team. I think they got what it takes to possibly compete for that division. I'm still taking Houston. I think it's time to pass the torch to Deshaun Watson. The contract last week showed that. I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I know, and I think they're definitely going to miss De- DeAndre Hopkins, and I think they missed him yesterday. I think they missed him on Thursday. When the AFC West comes to town, Denver, I think, is going to struggle without Von Miller. I wonder if this is Von Miller's last year with the Denver Broncos. Hurt Bradley Chubb. That defense is banged up. I think it's going to hurt Drew Locke. People want him to take that next step. I don't think they do it. Kansas City, they will breeze in the regular season. I think they lose in the AFC Championship game for all the reasons I explained to you. Las Vegas has Bob Barker or really Wayne Newton as a head coach. I don't take them seriously. You had, at one point, you had kind of this weird two-horse race of mediocre quarterbacks for your, for your quarterback position. Then Marcus Mariota was put on IR. You have Derek Carr, and I think he and his brother are more worried about what people say about them on Twitter than actually going out and winning football games. I think they're a 6-10 and 10 football team. The Chargers, I think they're going to kind of run in place. I think that's a 500 team. they got some players. Herbert's going to start somewhere midseason. Tyrod Taylor, he's a nice midwife. He delivers the baby. He starts for the baby, and then the baby's able to go on out, and then the midwife leaves. That's what Tyrod Taylor is. I think in the AFC Championship game, I still think it's Baltimore. I still think it's Kansas City. I think Baltimore gets over on him. I think Baltimore's going to the Super Bowl. Eight five five two one two four cbs 855 Hickey, that was all recorded, right?
0: Yes, sir. I'm pulling him as you speak
1: in there and we will redo that right before the Super Bowl. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, we do the NFC John Clayton, 1240 P.M. Eastern, up next, four years later. Folks, some of you just don't get it. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. John Clayton coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific, 7.10 ESPN in Seattle. Also, the Schooled with the Professor podcast. See what his predictions are for the 2020 season, whether or not Kansas City can repeat the whole, whole deal. 855 cbs 855 4 years later, some of you just don't get it. Some of you just don't get it. And, and there is part of this where I think you're right. The people who don't get it, there is there is a little bit. You're not fully wrong, but part of you are a little bit right. I wanted to do this earlier in the week on my weekday show, and because we just got – there was Miles Garrett news. There was something going on with Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not really going to get into, no matter what Hickey wants me to say. I'm not going to get into that Hickey. Um, I wanted to get into this, and we couldn't do it. Okay, Madden says that they're putting Colin Kaepernick in the game. And they make him an 81, and I'm going, okay, the guy hasn't played in four years. I think 81 is a little bit generous. I don't think – what Ben Roethlisberger's like an 83, isn't he, Hickey? I think so, yeah. Like, because those things – like, sometimes when you look up the Madden ratings, the Madden QB ratings, like, they, they fluctuate because they try to do them in real time, and there's this whole thing. But when you look at the ratings, like, I think of the overall ratings, like an 81, he's going in as an 81 – I think that's kind of high. I really do. I, I think that when you're saying, gosh, is he going in and it's an 81? All right, that, that is a little that is a little much. That part of the argument, hey, I can see 81 is a little high. When you're looking across this board, now I just see these are supposed to be the current statistics. That puts a, Ben Roethlisberger's an 81. Ben Roethlisberger right now is a better quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is an 80. Ryan Tannehill's better. Derek Carr, I know I just made fun of him. Derek Carr, save your jokes, still a better quarterback. Baker's a 78, Cam Newton's a 78, Josh Allen is a 77. Boy, that seems like a high crime. Those are all better quarterbacks right now. Right now, they're better. But I know if you put him in there as a 70 or something like that, it's a disrespect, and he can't play in real life to raise up his game or anything, so fine, 81 is 81. That part I can get. That part I can get. By the way, Dalvin Cook just agreed to a five-year, $63 million extension. I'll bring that up with John Clayton coming up at 1240 p.m. Eastern. The thing that people aren't getting, and when they put Kaepernick in that game earlier this week, you can see it already, I I start to see the screen grabs of Colin Kaepernick's stats and Well, you see, he's a mediocre quarterback. He's not really that good. You people wanting Colin Kaepernick, and I mean, I've seen everybody say, you people wanting Colin Kaepernick to get a job, wanting him to play football. Look at those stats. Those are average stats. He wasn't that good. I go, you still are lost. The argument for Colin Kaepernick in the last four years hasn't been that I say he should start. This is my argument. It's not that he should start. It's not that he should be a franchise quarterback for a team. His last year in the NFL in San Francisco, where he started 11 games, got hurt, but he was 1-10 in 10 on a bad football team, a 59% completion percentage ain't great, 2,200 yards ain't great, 16 touchdowns ain't that great, four interceptions is actually okay. I'll take that ratio from somebody because that's the thing. He's not a starting quarterback, but he is a NFL-quality quarterback. You go down this list, I'll go through the 2019 stats, and this is what they don't get. Chase Daniel. Would I rather have Colin Kaepernick or Chase Daniel? Would I rather have Colin Kaepernick or Luke Falk? Would I rather have Colin Kaepernick or Brandon Allen? Would I rather have Colin Kaepernick or still, at a 1,000 years old, Matt Schaub? What about Matt Moore? What about Jeff Driscoll? What about David Blau? Devlin Duck Hodges. Who's going to give me better shots to win than guys who were employed and drew paychecks from the NFL with those names? Those names I just brought up to you? Or Colin Kaepernick. Hell, half of these guys, I told you, they come from what looks like an NFL quarterback factory. They just look like Lego men, and they put different color hair on them, and away they go. No-namers that you'll never argue with your friends with. You'll never argue over your friends with Ryan Finley. It'll never happen. It will never, ever happen. Same thing with all those names I just mentioned to you. That's the whole point. It's not about being a starter. It's not about being even a quality starter. Robert Griffin III is still in this league. I think he's actually afraid to throw footballs anymore. It's not about whether or not he, he deserves to start or even deserves to be in a video game. He's an 81. I think that's a bit high. Honestly, I got to tell you, I really don't care because it's a video game, and I think some of us take it way too seriously, including the players that are featured in the video game. I don't care. It's a video game. Patrick Mahomes is a 99 in this video game, right? Hickey, he's a 99? Yes, he is. Part of the 99 club. If they put Patrick Mahomes in there as a 69, do you think that I still don't think that Patrick Mahomes is a really good quarterback? No, it's a video game. It's fake. It's all make-believe. It doesn't matter. Russell Wilson, a 97. How could he be a 97 over Lamar Jackson's only a 94? And How could Tom Brady still at 43 years old... And even though he thinks he can stretch his bones, how can he still be in there tonight? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Like, yeah, Josh Allen at 77, it seems a little bit low. Also, it's a freaking video game, and I really shouldn't care that much. You're putting Colin Kaepernick in a video game. Congratulations on putting him in a video game where people probably created him many, many, many times over in the creative player. But at least he's in a video game. I guess he gets a cut of that because he's featured in a video game, great. But in the realistic tone of it, and we'll never get this, and this is why this is probably be the last time I talk about this ever, I just named a bunch of names to you that you've already forgotten. Those guys drew paychecks, and he'd be 33. You can't tell me with those stats of 16 touchdowns and four interceptions and 2,200 yards, they're rather pedestrian. Mm-hmm with the exception of the 16-to-4 ratio. But I think they're probably a little bit better than 659 passing yards, 59 for 91. Even at a 64% clip, that's not too terribly bad than Matt Moore. Or we can go with Josh Rosen with 567 passing yards, one touchdown, and five picks. We could try to do something like that if we want to. Or Luke Falk, who who passed for 416 yards last year and three interceptions. Mm, Boy, that sounds like a tasty meal, doesn't it? 855 212 cbs 855-212-4227. Dalvin Cook has signed an extension. $63 million with the Minnesota Vikings, which puts one of my theories to the test. I'll ask about that with John Clayton coming up next. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855 212 cbs 855-212-4227. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, we call our shot. This time we do it with the NFC. And, you know, 120. We're either going to do work or shoot, or I'm going to tell you, I'm not a journalist, so I can say it. I'm rooting for Dak Prescott, and I'll tell you why. We go to the hotline. We welcome in one of the very best when it comes to covering the NFL, one of the very best when it comes to talking the NFL. I've been looking forward to this since they told him, told us that he was going to be on the show. He is on 710 ESPN in Seattle. He is the, I would say, curator, wouldn't I? The Schooled With, Schooled With the Professor podcast. It's at John Clayton NFL on Twitter. It's John Clayton. He joins us on the show. John, thanks for joining us today, friend.
0: Hey, good to be with you.
1: Okay, Dalvin Cook gets a lot of money. Alvin Kamara gets a lot of money. Last week, I wanted to say, man, the 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 paying running backs, ooh, that's dead, and then all of a sudden, two guys get big money. Are either of these teams going to regret this years down the line?
0: They could, and particularly uh, as soon as next year because – the one thing that you know is the cap's going to go down, and it could go down to 175000000 million. It'll be above that a little bit, but not by much. And where the regret's going to be is a possibility. It's like, okay, you look at New Orleans, and you even look at Minnesota, You know, both teams are going to be significantly over the $175 million cap. In fact, right now, not knowing the second-year contract for Camara, the, uh, the New Orleans Saints are $75 million over next year's cap. Okay, What does that mean? Okay, if you break up uh, the team and you have half of your cap room in dead money, which would be thirty-five million dollars, you're dead. That's been a tradition now since two thousand and thirteen. You don't make the playoffs, and say what you want. You got Drew Brees. If he doesn't come back, that's twenty-six two against the cap. I mean, they just did a deal with Rankins that uh, you know put four more million dollars into next year's cap. So they've got some issues, and guys are going to be let go. Minnesota, of course, you know they were smart enough to be able to make trades and get 15 draft choices and some good young draft choices but also to get the unique and dockway deal in you know they had to go to riley reef and say hey riley you want to stay here or not because you got to take a big pay cut and he was unwilling to do it at first when they asked for trades and nobody wanted to pick up the 11 million dollar salary then they had to say okay fine you know we're going to uh We'll we'll find you to a contract for about 8.8 a year. So those are going to be some of the problems. But, hey, listen, these are two really good Pro Bowl caliber running backs, and they come from one of the greatest running back classes we can remember, 2017, where you had about uh, seven or eight running backs that either went to the Pro Bowl or had 1,000-yard seasons.
1: Both of these teams, John, I mean, Minnesota, they're tired of uh, talking about just making the playoffs. They want to go further. New Orleans, you have a 41-year-old quarterback who could be done at the end of the year. I mean, this kind of seems like it's time to either put up or shut up for both these teams, and that might be why they're paying these guys this money.
0: Yeah, and also it's uh you know, because also you want to try to keep your young core group together. Now, you know, even with Dallas taking those restructured contracts or trying to keep the core group together as best as possible. But the, the problem is, you know, the cap's gonna play a big role and you can't keep everybody. But what you're gonna see next year in the NFC, there's gonna be a big turnaround because you know you've got teams like Philadelphia, New Orleans, Minnesota to a certain degree, although this year they were able to manage through it, so I put them aside. Maybe Green Bay certainly Atlanta, those teams are going to be in tough cap shape. And so they're going to have to break things up more than add. I mean, Green Bay kind of sensed it because you saw what they did this year, which is pretty much nothing. You know, what they ended up doing was going over, and last year they did a great job getting two pass rushers. that got 25-and-a-half sacks, Preston Smith and Zedaria Smith. But now this year what they did is that uh, you know, they had to play on the cheap side. So they let uh, Brian Bellaga, the right tackle, go for $10 million a year. They brought Ricky Wagner in at five, half the cost, and he didn't beat out the existing right tackle. So it's like now, nah, but of course, he's going to start tomorrow because Billy Turner is hurt. So Ricky Wagner starts, and then at linebacker, they lose a $10 million linebacker in Blake Martinez, and they replace him with Christian Kirksey at 6.5. But again, you have to, if you're an NFC team, right, and of course, why is that? You've got 12 quarterbacks making $21-plus plus million a year, and that tightens the cap and shortens the windows on some teams.
1: John Clayton joining us on the show, John Clayton NFL on Twitter. We're doing a lot of hand-wringing over Dak's deal. When does this get done? I assume it will get done with the Cowboys.
0: Well, not this year because, again, he's a franchise player, and once it got past July 15th, then you can't do any kind of a long-term deal. So now it's going to be for next year, but I think Stephen Jones kind of gave – the direction of where it's going when he was on radio yesterday, Stephen basically said, "Well, I give Dak credit. I mean, he played it so that uh, he's going to get more money, and so what you can anticipate is that uh, where you know he, they were offering 34 four five and they wanted a five-year deal because they wanted to stretch the signing bonus over five years for cap purposes, what ends up happening now is that uh, he's going to get you know, pretty close to the $39 million or maybe a little bit more than Deshaun Watson got. And again, I know that uh, it's on the record as saying the new money for Patrick Mahomes is 45 but that deal really over the 12 years is 39 8 I don't think that gets 40 but he's going to get close to 39 which is certainly more than what he was able to get and the $34.5 million offer that was made by the Cowboys.
1: John Clayton on the show. It's been one week. I don't want to overreact. But by week 17, how likely is it that Houston really regrets trading away DeAndre Hopkins? Mm, I think you can start to regret it right now. Uh,
0: I, I love the fact that uh, you know, he's a sarcastic uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, tweet where he says, Grateful when he watched how bad they played and how little the receivers do. And think about this, uh, because here's where the regret's going to be. You know, you look at the numbers that they have at wide receiver. For example, you had Hopkins last year asking for more money, so they get mad and they trade him. Okay, so now he's upset. He's making the same amount of money on his previous deal as Brandon Cooks did, and it cost him draft choice compensation to get Brandon Cooks. They have a total of $44 million tied up on four wide receivers a year. That's amazing, $44 million. Okay, so now we saw DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm sure, you know, uh, if thinking not through this, Bill, Bill O'Brien's thinking, oh, well, wait a second. Why? Oh, I'm not going to pay 27 5 for new money for a, a wide receiver like that. Well, guess what? The deal really works out over the five years to be eighteen point eight. That's maybe, what, $2 million over what he was making before? Completely reasonable. I mean, they should have done the deal with the second-best receiver in the National Football League.
1: John Clayton with us on the show. Kansas City, everything in my gut says bet against repeating. Is this a team that will repeat this year?
0: I think so. I mean, you still worry a little bit about the defense.
1: Uh, particularly, you know, in the secondary.
0: I mean, you know, they're down a couple cornerbacks right now. Brashard Breland's on suspension list for four weeks. But you look, they're a better team. I mean, what's better about them is they've got probably the rookie of the year in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, you know, the book on him is that once they drafted him in the first round, he was considered to be the best running back that fits an Andy Reid offense. And you're talking about in Philly, you know, he had LaShawn McCoy, you know he had uh, Brian Westbrook. I know Tony Dungy came up with a great analogy and said that he reminds him of Warwick Dunn, but I think he's better than Warwick Dunn. But the fact that he can come out in the first game and almost change the style of offense that Andy likes to do, because you know he's a West Coast offense guy, likes to throw sixty percent of the time. I mean they ran the ball thirty-four times and they attempted thirty-three passing plays. And so that gives them now more flexibility to go back and forth between the pass and the run. And so they're even better on offense, which is almost hard to believe.
1: I don't want to put you on some sort of a weird spot, but I have to. There is a question about the air quality for Sunday night, Rams, Cowboys. Uh, what, are, what are their plans? Because I know there's wildfires and things like that. Is there any sort of a protocol that they follow? They
0: have to have one, but right now, in fact, uh, I was going to wait till after we did this interview to make some calls down there to see because you know i'm I'm here in Seattle, and you know I'm looking outside and I'm seeing the haze and all that stuff. I mean it's not the yellow, but it's completely a dark uh, kind of a day right now here in Seattle. but you know when you start to see the numbers over two hundred on the quality index down in San Francisco, you've got to think they've got to have the possibility of trying to go to a different location. So, uh, you know, and I thought maybe it was going to be too early this on the West Coast time to try to call you know, around now. But a little bit after this, I'm, I'm ready to make some phone calls to find out. But there has to be some considerations. You know, And I don't know if it's a matter of moving the game to a Monday and playing at a different location, because how do you get a stadium ready right now? Yeah. But this, it's really bad in San Francisco. I know that the writers who are covering the team, were, they're looking at their apps and saying, wait a second, we show over 200 and uh, kyle shanahan said no we we got better apps and we have a better handle on it but once the agi goes over uh, 200 then or api goes over 200 then you know that uh, they have to find some different type of way to do things
1: i mean i would have to admit like it's california it's not their first rodeo with this I, they, they might have a protocol but i'm I, we just keep talking about the other testing with with the coronavirus i it's just taken up everything i can't even think of something like I didn't even think of something like that so you're right about that john clayton joining us on the show so you mentioned kansas city what about the team in the nfc is there a surprise do we do we do we get the real cardinals what people are saying or i just look at that division john and i go yeah, i still give the rams some credit somebody in that division has to lose those games and i still think it could be the cardinals tell me why i'm wrong
0: Yeah,
1: my big problem with the Rams is that they've
0: lost so much, particularly on defense. I mean, when you think about once they went to the Super Bowl since then, even though some of these starters replaced starters, they've lost 11 starters on defense, a nickel cornerback, three starting offensive linemen, Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley. It's not the same team. And what did they do for replacements this year? Well, they brought A'shaun Robinson in. Oh, and guess what? He he wanted to opt out, and the only reason he's on the roster on the NFI is is because he took a, 000, paid that, a pay cut down to $500,000, and uh, you know, he's not going to probably play this year. So if he might. He still might be able to do it, but right now it doesn't look good. And then and they added Leonard Floyd, who you know, was so good at $10 million, he was cut by the Chicago Bears. Yeah. So is that going to be good enough to replace all the lost starters for the last couple of years? They're young on defense. They don't have Wade Phillips. I think right now that's my big problem. They'll be fine on offense. I Know they're going to get a deal done today with Cooper Cup uh, and you know at least take care of that, and they got a big deal with Jalen Ramsey, but uh, right now, I think right now Arizona's the third place team. I know last year I said the San Fran would be the most improved team in football. I didn't think Super Bowl I thought maybe nine ten wins. I'm looking right now somewhere between seven and nine Arizona's going to go, and then by next year there'll be a legitimate playoff team, particularly with Kyler
1: Murray. I could see that John Clayton with us on the show, final one, so who is the tops in the NFC then?
0: Top's in the NFC, I think, is New Orleans. You know, I think Seattle and San Francisco are up there. I think Tampa Bay, particularly when when you and see if you agree with this. Uh, one thing, Bill, I mean, Bill Belichick, you know, goes down as the best coach ever. Tom Brady, the best quarterback ever, and Bill, just a genius general manager. Okay, so one thing he hasn't done well is draft wide receivers. Okay, so now you look at what is there for Tom Brady. Even though he may not play, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are the best, two, best wide receiver tandem in football. He's got three tight ends, a Hall of Famer in Rob Gronkowski, who went to my high school, uh, a uh, first-round pick in O.J. Howard, and Cam Brate, who's actually pretty good catching the football. At running back, you know, they have Ronald Jones, Leonard Floyd, and Shady McCoy. Uh, my, I, would you agree this is the best skilled player offense he's been around?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would 100% agree with that. I always want to say, because I'm always looking for a different angle, I have to admit, John, and I'm going, man, that is a really good football team. I have to tell you that. John, can't thank you enough for the time. Follow this man on Twitter. I assure you a lot of you do already. John Clayton, NFL. Listen to the podcast. Schooled with the Professor podcast. John, take care. Hey, thanks. Thank you. John Clayton, 710 ESPN's in Seattle. Schooled with the Professor podcast again. I always want to zig. I really do. Because I didn't want to uh, – listen, if, if it's the smart thing, it's the smart thing. I mean, you, you just don't do dumb things to make up an argument. Tampa Bay and Hickey's, Hickey's witness, I was screaming it to everybody in January. And now that it's here, I'm always going, but, 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 because but, I'm not sure of myself. I haven't seen these guys in preseason, haven't seen anything. It's a very weird year to forecast. But they're one of those handfuls of teams, John just said, gosh, they have talent just coming out of their pores. And Tom Brady has all these weapons, all these toys. It, it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good season for him and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming up in just over 20 minutes, I'm rooting for Dak Prescott. I'll tell you why. And we call our shot This time with the NFC. That's next on CBS Sports Radio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.